Good morning, everyone. It's so good to be here with you. My name is Renee Carter, and I'm the children's pastor here, if you didn't know that. And I have the privilege, along with some of my friends today, to bring the Word of God to you. Now, one of the things we do a lot of with the kids, especially these last few months, it seems like we're doing it all the time, is we have the kids act out the Bible stories. And it really helps them to engage in the story. And so today, we are going to be acting it out as it is narrated in a few moments. So, as you can see, I brought in my very heavy suitcase with me today. And this suitcase is going to represent each of our souls. My soul and your soul. Creator God gave you a soul. And um, there's lots of things in our souls. Heavy things, like worry. And light things, like love. So those are, love would be a healthy thing, and worry would be an unhealthy thing. And it's important to unpack the difficulties in life, the things that are in our suitcase that make us unhealthy. Ignoring them makes your soul unhealthy. And with the Holy Spirit's help, you can and I can unpack those things in there and journey with Jesus. So the Bible talks about our soul. And one of my favorite verses that I actually have on my mantle at home is from Psalm 23.3. And it says, He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Jesus wants to restore all of our souls. He wants to take those things in there that make us unhealthy and restore us to health. As a church, we have been journeying through the book of Mark and seeing how people encountered Jesus and the restorative work that happened in people's lives, either spiritually, physically, or emotionally. And we are going to continue on that journey today and look at some more encounters that people had with Jesus. It is interesting to note that many of the encounters people had with Jesus were when people were at their lowest. They were in desperate need. They were coming to him when it was the last straw, the last ditch effort. Nothing else helped. No one else could come. Our true story is from the New Testament in the book of Mark. Chapter 5, verses 21 to 43. And you can also find this story in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, and the book of Luke, chapter 8. So before we invite you into the story, I would like to first introduce some of the people we are going to be hearing about today. So the first person to introduce would be Jesus. He was in Galilee traveling around, calling people to follow him, teaching, casting out demons, calming the storms, and healing people. Everywhere Jesus goes, there are crowds following him. When Pastor Matthew spoke a few weeks ago, he showed a couple of great videos depicting crowds of people following people who are famous. So I thought maybe we could watch those again just to give you a good idea. And it's Justin Bieber, so maybe the kids would be interested in that. So let's watch those two videos to get an idea of what a crowd would feel like.
This is a famous Jewish rabbi in Israel. So you're welcome. You're very welcome for that. <laughs> so the crowds in our story today were packed in. In Luke 8:42, it says that the crowds almost crushed Jesus. He can't go anywhere without a crowd of people gathering around. And this is probably one of the reasons why Jesus kept jumping in the boat and crossing over to other parts of the area. It was much faster than walking, but it was probably also a reprieve from all those crowds. Our next person in our story today is a man named Jairus. Jairus is a synagogue leader, and as a synagogue leader, he would have been in charge of looking after the synagogue, its buildings, its contents, and its arrangements for worship. He would have been well-respected and probably well-off. And yet, even with his good social st standing, he found himself in a desperate way. His precious daughter was sick and dying. Fear had gripped him, and he was totally at his wit's end. The next person in our story is a woman in the crowd who had a problem. In Luke 8, 43 to 48, it says that this woman had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. This unnamed woman had a bleeding issue, that's what hemorrhaging is, and spent all she had on physicians. No one could cure her. Because of her bleeding, Jewish law would have labeled her ceremonially unclean which meant she wouldn't have been able to enter the temple for Jewish religious ceremonies. <clears throat> she was a social outcast. Everyone would have looked down on her, the exact opposite standing of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and yet she too was desperate. She had tried everything and nothing worked. No one could help her. Then we have the little girl who was sick and dying. The Bible says that she was 12 years old, and her family and friends were all gathered around her in the house, the house they lived in, expecting the worst. What could be done? But wait for the inevitable. And finally, we have the crowd. All kinds of people, all different ages from different walks of life, all kinds of things going on inside their souls. I invite you to enter into the story and find yourself in the crowd gathering around Jesus. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, 
My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. And as they went, a large crowd followed and pressed around him. was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. So she touched his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she had been freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembled with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Do not be afraid, afraid. just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And he went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he had put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and disciples who were with him and went in to where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up.
Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. Yes. I just love watching those girls dance, and you're going to get another opportunity with the whole group at Easter, so make sure you come back. So we just witnessed the restoration that Jesus can bring to our brokenness. It's beautiful. It brings life, peace. It's hopeful. And the response was an outpouring of gratitude. Jesus has the power and authority to turn what is broken into something beautiful and new. In our story today, Jairus, the little girl, and the woman who was bleeding all came from different places in life, different ages and social standings, different heartaches and problems. In Rob Reamer's book, Soul Care, he says that brokenness gets us all in life, rich and poor, black and white, old and young. No one escapes its clutches. We are broken, body, soul, and spirit, and we need the healing touch of Jesus. These people in our story today were broken, and in their brokenness, recognized they had a need. They sought Jesus out. They didn't care what others thought. Jairus was a religious leader, and the religious leaders, or the religious people, probably wouldn't have been happy that he, was, that he turned to Jesus for help. They weren't happy with Jesus. They didn't like what was going on. The woman was a social outcast. For her to be in that crowd, as I said earlier, um, if she had touched Jesus or anyone else, that would have made them unclean. But she took that chance. She secretly touched the robe, not knowing what the outcome would be. So where do you find yourself in the story today? You are in the crowd, and Jesus is here. He sees you holding your suitcase He sees it's weighing you down. What is it that's weighing you down? Worry? Anxious thoughts? Offense? Some kind of deep pain? Fear? Unforgiveness? Would you reach out? Would you put yourself in front of the one who has the authority and power to meet you in the place that you find yourself in? One of the things we teach our grade four to six students at our Friday Night Kids Club, so they're very well aware of the suitcase, we carry it with us wherever we go, um, is recognizing the warning signals in us. Kind of like when the warning signal light goes off in our car, telling us there's something wrong with our vehicle. So when you find yourself in those places, catching yourself worrying, being fearful, saying something unkind about someone, when you're discontent with what you have, when you think critical thoughts about others or yourself, 
when you've been hurt by someone, when your words don't build up but tear down, when the weight of the loss or fear or anxiety is weighing you down, these are all warning signals to you that there is something going on inside that needs tending to. So what do you do? Well, what do you do when your warning light goes off in your car? And I know what some of you are thinking, I don't do anything, I just keep driving. <laughs> we haven't had cars like that where it's just like, just ignore the warning signal, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, some of us do ignore the, the warning signal, but some of us take our car to the mechanic to have a look and tell us what is going on with the car. When our warning light goes off in our soul, we can ignore it and keep trucking along in life, or there is another way, a way that is life-giving and brings wholeness. We can take ourselves to the mechanic, to Jesus. I think sometimes we have this view of God as somewhere out there, not really that personal. Oh, I know he cares about those people and he really loves those people, but not me, really. The truth is that Jesus is personal. We can see it in the passage we just watched in Mark 5, and we can read about it all throughout the Bible. Psalm 139.17 tells us how the God of the universe thinks about you. Psalm 139.17, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. Jesus knows all about you and thinks so many precious thoughts about you that they cannot even be numbered. That is truth. You are loved, and he wants to restore your soul, my soul. He wants to give us life. And taking our care, care of our souls is an ongoing, beautiful, daily journey. There's, there's always things going on in our lives. There's always things happening. So it's something that we need to do all the time. <clears throat> so I ask, what warning signals are going off for you? What is inside your suitcase that you need Jesus to help you with? We are going to sit with Jesus for a moment. And as we do, I'm going to invite you to just close your eyes. And if you are able to open up your hands, just like you're giving something away. And I'm just going to lead you in a time of prayer. So just close your eyes, hold out your hands if you can. Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I want you to remember that the voice of the Holy Spirit is not condemning. The Holy Spirit gently convicts, and its purpose is to draw us closer to God. Condemnation is from Satan, trying to convince us that we're no good, unlovable, that God will never forgive us, that he doesn't care. Its purpose is to keep us away from God. So in Jesus' name, I bind all the condemning voices and any other voices that block us or interferes with hearing the voice of Jesus only the voice of Jesus is allowed in this space. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us in a way that each of us can understand. We welcome you into our private space. So I'm just going to leave a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you.
with our eyes still closed and our hands still outstretched, we pray, Jesus, I recognize there are things in my life that aren't good for me. I want you to heal these places in my soul and I give you these things in my life that don't belong there. So you can name those things right now if you want or ask forgiveness for if there's something there. I will give you a moment to do that. Zephaniah 3.17, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. And now, Jesus, we ask, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, your compassion, your joy, your love. We thank you, Jesus, that you settled everything at the cross. You set us free. Glory to God. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. And everyone said, amen. So in our moments of uncertainty, and we all have them, where we have doubts, those things in our mind tell us we're no good, God doesn't love us, he doesn't care. We want to remind ourselves of the truth of who God is and where we stand in light of that. So I have asked some of my friends here, they're going to come up and read some truths over you, and as they come up, the music team's going to come up as well and uh, for our last song. So who are my little friends who are going to come up and help? Miss Brenda's going to get you set up. I'm just going to move over. And Ethan, there you are. Okay. All right, Thanks. so you get to start. There you go. Thank you. God cares about you. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. 1 Peter 5, 7. You are loved. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, verse 38 to 39. You are forgiven. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us for all unrighteousness. First John 1, 9. You are not alone. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Isaiah 41, verse 10.
We're going to read um, Psalm 23 together as our benediction. And uh, you'll see the slide that says everyone. That means all of you. And then the men can read a line, and then the women, and then everyone, leaders, me. So let's, uh, let's read that together. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He renews my strength. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and failing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. So thank you for joining us today. And if you are here this morning and you need more time to work through something in your life, we do have a prayer team that would love to come alongside you and pray with you. So I want to invite you, don't leave today without getting prayer. You can just come to the front here. If you're from the balcony, come on down, um, and they will gather around you. Um, don't forget, we have our newcomers welcome, so if you're new-ish or new today, just head out to the back and they would love to meet you, and also don't forget to come to our games night. So may you go today knowing that the Lord is your shepherd and you have all that you need in him. You are loved. Amen.